Aton Levine. Hey, how's it going, man? Give me a name. Bernie Madoff. Welcome to Give Me a Name, where a guest presents me, Ben Kirschenbaum, with a dead historical figure they find interesting, and we discuss. We're always looking for new investors in Give Me a Name, and we guarantee growth because we will pay you with the money from newer investors, and then we pay them with money from even newer investors, and just trust me, it checks out. Okay, I'm here today with Aton Levine talking about Bernie Madoff. And quick admission, just a few moments ago, I thought that you thought that we were talking about Bernie Sanders, yeah. and my heart jumped to my throat. Just Another there. crook. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Although, I think, I think we messaged, I, when I messaged you, it did it not make sense I was talking about the... Uh, the cabin, when I was like, the funniest thing about Bernie Sanders is that during a debate, was that? We were having parallel conversations, That's I think. That's probably what it I was. Because we I was saying <laughs> something about a Ponzi scheme, and you were talking about Vermont, and somewhere <laughs> along. We were both laughing, but I guess out of politeness, I don't know what was going on. That's so freaking funny. I would love to count the numbers of conversations where both sides had no idea what the other one was talking about, but they just were laughing their way through it. Specifically about the mix-up between Bernie Sanders yeah, all and the Bernie time. Payoff. It's laugh-ending, is what I <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh at. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Bernie Madoff, who is famous for running the largest Ponzi scheme in history. Yeah. Ponzi scheme named after Charles Ponzi, who was a practitioner of the Ponzi scheme yeah. in the 20s in Massachusetts. Although they should, at this point, I think that they should recall it the Madoff scheme. I think he's big enough where you can do that. For yeah. Sure. A thousand percent. I, what, what was the, how much did the original uh, Ponzi... What, how much did he get? I don't know. Five bucks? I don't know. Something. Child's <laughs> play. Who the hell knows? Okay, but with inflation, that's $78 billion. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Listen, at this point, it should be called getting uh, getting made off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. It's the least we could do for the legacy of this awful, awful man. An absolute good. I consider him an iconic Jewish person. I My thing about Madoff is that if you talk to a lot of Jewish people... There is so much hatred towards him and then also like a little pride. Every time I talk to like, you know, I'm not going to don't cite my dad. Every time I talk to like, you know, my parents, friends about it, it's always like Bernie Madoff, that momser. I hope he dies for what he did to us and anti-Semitism in this community. But man, oh man, $65 billion. <laughs> That Jew went on some ride. <laughs> I mean, it is right. It's iconic. I guess you could, you know, to put a word on it that's more yeah. uh, just neutral. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, a baffling amount of money. It was $65 billion. That was the amount of, of the Ponzi scheme. And that is so much goddamn money from one guy. And it's not fake, but it's... All right, so we should get right away into what a Ponzi scheme is. Yes, yes, yes. So a Ponzi scheme, It the original title before Charles Ponzi came along was a Peter Paul scheme. What's Peter Paul? Rob Peter to pay Paul, the old adage. Oh, and it actually describes it pretty well, that basically you get investors to put in money, you claim that you're investing that money, but you're not doing anything, yeah. and then you get more investors, and you pay off those original investors with the money from the new investors, 
And it's a cycle that just keeps on going until, in the case of Madoff, it reached $65 billion. <laughs> Which is, I mean, and the only reason it really got caught was just because of other, like, economic forces at play. Yeah. Also, because- that's, he could have gone on until he died. It was only because the market turned on him. Yeah, so 2008 financial crisis, the way the Ponzi schemes usually get busted, and it was the case with Madoff, is people Want ask their for their back. money back. Yeah. And in 2008, everyone wanted their money back after the housing crisis, and there wasn't enough there. And, I mean, I, w- I guess I would like to ask this question. Even with Madoff, did Madoff's Ponzi scheme make the financial collapse worse at all? I don't know about that. I don't think it did, which is actually crazy if you think about the fact that there's a $65 billion financial hole that didn't cause any, like, damage damage to the markets but i think that also speaks to the financial system about how about like how unimportant so much of this money like was if that makes sense because it was tied up in like big big and people did get fucked a lot of bad a lot of people got fucked yeah i mean the list of people is a who's who yeah from various fields i mean it's a lot of hollywood you got kevin bacon you got steven spielberg kevin bacon had to go back kevin bacon did the following because he got screwed over by madoff I mean, thank God. And I mean, can you imagine if he came back and he did like one one season. Footloose 2. Yeah, yeah. He's like still in high school and he's like, I can't do this anymore. He's like, listen, you want to pay off those debtors or what? Why is there a sequel to She's Having a Baby? No one asked for this, Kevin. Kevin just turns around. Not that They don't know that he's in the room with the turns around and goes, you know why. Turns back. But yeah, he, he screwed over like so so, so, so many people. One person who I think is relevant to both of us, Fred Wilpon. Yeah. Owner of the Mets. Man, the Mets are the most, every time that there is a huge, huge finance, financial scandal, the Mets are loosely tied to it. The Mets, uh, last year with fucking uh, AMC, AMC stock, Gary Cohn's, uh, uh, Gary Cohn's uh, firm took a big hit because of AMC, not AMC, because uh, of GameStop stock. Right, Gary Cohn, famous announcer for the Mets. And no, no, sorry, the owner of the Mets. Oh, oh, uh, not, not Gary, Gary Cohn. Cohn. Uh, Gary Cohn's the announcer yeah. who has a voice of, of God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and also a incredibly Steve encyclopedic Cohn. knowledge of... of anyway, yeah. <laughs> I could go on about Gary Cohn. Steve Cohn. Steve Cohn, yes. Steve Cohn last year got caught up in that GameStop uh, stock uh, fiasco. Like Part of his firm like took a big loss because of GameStop stuff. Every time there's a Mets... Every time there's a financial thing, the Mets are... It's at, very Mets. It's so Mets. <laughs> it's so Mets that the, the, the Wilpons couldn't chase any big players for a while because... Of the fucking because of the Madoff yeah. scandal. So you got Bacon, you got Spielberg, you got Wilpon. Larry King was Spielberg? in there. Uh, yeah, Spielberg for sure. Oh no. Yeah, I don't know if there was a movie that came after that that was a Spielberg thing. War Horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like he's he's just looking through the script of War Horse like oh man, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta spend a year doing ADR on a fucking horse <laughs> running through World War One yeah. Germany for this crap. I get kids loving aliens, but a horse for God's <laughs> sake, what is that? There's a synagogue on the Upper East Side. Yeah. I forgot which one it was. Rodef. Is it Rodef Shalom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like they got completely like financially massacred and then i remember the 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 trickle down from that also was that the i don't know if this is accurate but if it's not it's definitely like top three but ramaz which is the school the jewish day school in upper east side which is like 40 to sixty thousand dollars all the kids go to harvard you know they got screwed over also they had a lot of their money tied up in like madoff endowment and uh we used to 
play them in hockey, in Jewish day school hockey. And uh, Ramaz had a hockey team? Ramaz, okay, so there's a Jewish day school hockey yeah. league, yeah. which um, basically came about because none of the Jewish kids... You're talking about air hockey, right? No, I'm talking... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Air, it's just a bunch of kids getting dead, competitively slapping each other. Uh, no, like floor hockey. It was yeah, all floor sure. hockey because oh, we couldn't okay. pay insurance yeah, yeah. premiums for in, for ice, and like no one could really ice skate, you know, yeah. because we were uncoordinated or Ashkenazi uh, kids. So there was like a big floor hockey league between the yeshivas and stuff. So we used to play like in the Ramaz school. And I remember, so we knew a couple of kids from Ramaz, and one of the kids that I... Didn't really know, but like knew like friend of a friend ended up like at this kid's house once. His father was in charge of some big, big shipping firm and everything in his house was white. Oh, an okay. entirely white house except for his clothing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I remember. So that was the kind of uh, kids that were going to like Ramaz. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we should mention perhaps the victim of his crimes that is not necessarily the most famous victim, but the one that I think is like the most representative of how evil Madoff was, was Elie Wiesel. Yeah. And the Elie Wiesel Foundation. Yeah. And Elie Wiesel, obviously the author of Night, Holocaust Survivor. And I think that one is used more than any as a representation of like, this guy was Ruth. Like, this guy would steal from anyone. Yeah, I mean, I think that that plays into the bigger, the bigger thing about, Madoff was able to do what he did because it was an affinity scheme. And an affinity scheme is when you prey on the people that are in your community. So if he was like, you know, if he was Italian, you know, it would have been a bunch of people with Italian last names and stuff like that that would have been screwed over. But Madoff very much targeted his ultra, ultra, ultra wealthy Jewish community. And that was how he was able to do like so much of this. So, so many Jewish charities and Jewish museums and, and you know, like, of course, like, you know, Holocaust uh, memorial, stuff like that. They, so many of them took huge financial hits. And that's part of what makes his Ponzi scheme a little unique from other ones is that he was taking money from pretty sophisticated people. It's not like he was necessarily taking money from people who had no idea how the market worked. He was convincing people because of his good name. This guy had, before this... A like stellar reputation. Yeah, he was the chairman of the Nasdaq in the early '90s. He had built himself up from pretty much nothing, and so the only person who could really pull this off is obviously a charming sociopath, but yeah. also a guy who has all the credit in the world. Yeah, a thousand percent. I, so I, my connection to him was that I went to Yeshiva University, an all boys Jewish school uh, in the upper. It was is in Washington Heights. We actually, our campus is right next to where in the Heights. The musical took place. Ah, okay. Very different experience. I <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 I watched. I, when I saw when I watched in the Heights on HBO, I was just like, "Man, there was a lot more bachata music here than I uh, remember at Yeshiva University." But Yeshiva University, all boys Orthodox Jewish college. Bernie Madoff was on the board of trustees, and Yeshiva University. It's a college, but it's like it's, it's an institution in Orthodoxy. Like Yeshiva University is a, a staple. In the concept of in the Jewish community, right? So he, him being on the board of trustees, there was like you know it's a big deal. Like only the biggest and and most prominent Jews were like on this board, and he couldn't attend the class that he was teaching on Friday because he was arrested on Thursday. Oh wow! While I was there, so this is 2008. So I'm in Yeshiva University. He gets arrested, and I remember that Yeshiva University's endowment, and uh, uh, yeah, endowment. And I may be slightly off with the numbers on this, but they had like 1.6 billion dollars in that endowment. Overnight, it dropped to 1.3, and then by the end of the entire financial crisis or yeah. whatever, it was in the 750s, 800 millions. And 
a lot of the reason why was because Madoff on the board of trustees, the endowment was supposed to be invested amongst a bunch of different there's supposed to be a diversity of investments and Madoff and this guy Ezra Merkin, they didn't invest it anywhere except for Madoff. So when Madoff, that money just was not there anymore. So I remember that in Yeshiva University, first semester I was there before Madoff happens, there's so much free stuff. There's pens everywhere. There's food everywhere, you know, <laughs> t-shirts and, and just everything. It's, it's paradise. Madoff happens the next semester, nothing. They, no more free stuff at all. No, no more free military. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the basketball is deflated. <laughs> you know, it was like really watching what uh, something like that, watching what a group have its like financial umbrella like taken away because they didn't even know at that point, like, you know, like how much they, they lost. It was like wild. So to talk a little bit about where this guy comes from, he was born in Queens and grew up in Queens. Yeah. His birthday is April 29th, 1938, which mm-hmm. means that when he died last year, he was 82, he, when he died of natural causes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a story- which he won, by the way. I want to argue that yeah. he won life. He won, yeah. how, how long was he in prison for? Like, like a decade. A little more. Take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that ride? <laughs> he got. He had the most luxurious life of all time, and then he only had to spend 10 years in prison. I mean, he almost got away with it, Yeah, which is remarkable. Insane. And part of the reason why he got away with it, that's the big question. Like, how the hell did this guy yeah. get away with something this huge? And again, it's his good name, the idea that no one is suspecting him. There's also the idea that, like, Ponzi schemes were kind of out of vogue. Like people weren't looking specifically for Ponzi schemes. Yeah. They'd look for other kinds of fraud or whatever. So he was able to get away with it in that sense. I mean, also no one, wa- one of the big questions or one of the answers to like so much of this is that nobody wanted to look at the end of the day. There were a lot of people that are making a lot of money off of this. And there wasn't a reason for them to look because the bottom hadn't fallen out yet. No one wanted their money back yet. Like they all, it, and it could have gone on forever and ever had they not wanted the money back. And because the scheme actually does keep getting money from new investors, mm-hmm. if someone wanted to take out a reasonable amount, he'd give it to them immediately. Yeah. And he was also cooking the books and saying that we're making these steady increases, which is part of why he eventually was caught because people were looking at it, particularly this guy, Harry Markopoulos, who was a trader that brought him down well actually didn't because everyone was ignoring him but he was the whistleblower who tried to bring him down and he was the guy who was like these numbers don't make sense the market fluctuates you can't just be consistently making tons of money for 20 years yeah i think i i this is the guy was on 60 minutes right oh yeah yeah yeah, i definitely remember this interview i remember that last name because i think he was explaining what an what an affinity scheme was he was like if i was to do it i would pick on the greek community I was like, all right, don't admit to anything. So he like had an immediate answer. That would be, like, <laughs> that would be, that's already bad to say that. Yeah. That would be really bad if he wasn't Greek. Yeah, <laughs> if he just immediately, yeah. if he wasn't even Greek. And he was yeah. like, I'd probably go for the Greek community. I, they seem like the easiest to trick into this. <laughs> as far as a uh, Ponzi scheme is involved, the Greeks. Thousand percent, the Greeks are who you want to target. Ever since the ancient times, yeah. they've fallen it for. So the reason why I wanted to talk about his dad for a second is that his dad on Wikipedia it says plumber stat slash stockbroker. Is it this is Madoff's dad? Madoff's dad. Okay. Which is already an interesting combo. Yeah. But I think before econ- the economy became massive and like risky and fun, I, I think everyone was a little bit of a stockbroker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone was like, Yeah, yeah, I got a carpet business, I'm a stockbroker, you know, like what do I gotta do? <laughs> yeah. It's not that different from comedian. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Listen, how many comedians we know with a Robin Hood account that consider themselves financial experts? <laughs> <laughs> the follow my fin talk. 
uh, page. That's right, Aton's Money Talks. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so the father was kind of a failed businessman, basically. Okay. And at certain points in their lives, he lost a lot of money. So if you were going for the sort of villain origin story type thing, you could probably, I don't think it takes like a genius to be like, oh, you know, maybe it leads back to, I'm never going to let my self do what my dad did yeah. kind of thing. And he marries his high school sweetheart who he's married to for the rest of his life. And he goes to Alabama University and then switch, switches over to Hofstra. But pretty soon after graduating... Went to Hofstra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That, that makes sense. <laughs> so what's the Hofstra I, Every Hofstra, Hofstra to me is just everyone, like Hofstra, Duke, that Murray Hill area, mm. just like shitty people. Is Hofstra also like breeds businessy people? Yeah, I think, but like Long Island business people. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Like it's very like lacrosse finance bros. Okay, okay. That's in my mind. That's what I kind of like. It makes sense that he's from Hofstra. I, I think guess. we're fair. Shouldn't on Hofstra. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Hofstra. anyone's listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he starts off his own securities business, and he's paying for this stuff. By the way, with like lifeguard money and installing sprinklers, like you know the. If it weren't for the fact that he was the biggest crook in history. It's a great rags to riches yeah. story. Yeah. It's very much, it, it harkens back to all those stories of the Lower East Side, Schmata business, like yeah. a push cart that would sell the candy to the other push carts that sold the candy yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think that that's part of the reason why people have both the pride and shame dualism there or not really? Wait, I- explain. Well, you were saying at the beginning that like a lot of Jews kind of have a little piece oh, of yeah. pride about him. Yeah, I think that the pride comes from the fact that it was such a it was such a baffling amount of money. I don't know, it would be, it, it it's like meeting a celebrity that isn't it's like meeting a mean celebrity that's like still got a celebrity status or something right. would be to me kind of like I don't know, it was such a crazy amount of money that you would have to take a second that when you when you hear that number there's like reverence for that number, like $65 billion from one person. And he very much like did it mostly on his own. It seems like, you know, it's just, it could a goy pull that off. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I do think that there's also just this obsession in general in America, maybe throughout the world, but certainly in America with people, the rise and fall of business charlatans yeah i mean you see like every over the past year they had the theranos show the we work show the uber show like we love these stories yeah and madoff in that sense is the goat i mean you know i mean none of them came even close to like the amount of damage that that he did i think there is definitely like an interesting uh, uh, society's obsession with financial with recent financial crime is like crazy and i think it's crazy awesome and it's so interesting i think that a lot of people do like the people that pick on the kind of like robin hood-esque where they're picking on like the rich people elizabeth holmes 90 percent of the people that she defrauded were wealthy betsy devos level people or like firefest as much as firefest was a very bad very dangerous situation it mostly hit people who people were already looking to kind of you know uh looking for a schadenfreude uh, you know, we're looking to treat them like with a schadenfreude uh, eyeglass. Yeah, that's definitely an aspect of it. The one thing that I find weird about these shows, and I've watched a couple of them. I watched the WeWork one. I watched the Theranos one. Is that it's a little bit like watching almost like a courtroom drama or something where there's so much jargon yeah. that I don't understand at all. And yet the thing is still 
entertaining. Yeah. Whether it be like, you know, oh, we got to fix the derivatives on the security back with the LA4C. Yeah. And I'm like, no shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, not the derivatives. It's like ER. Yeah, ER. I never have any idea what's going on yeah. in ER. I'm, I'm like, yeah, pass the forceps. Like, <laughs> oh, no, he's acystaline. I have no idea what acystaline means. Sick, I mean, right? This yeah. is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just name it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that there is this obsession with these kinds of stories. And also there's the human aspect of it. I mean, with the Bernie Madoff story, all the people around him, it's just totally tragic. Yeah. He has two sons, mm-hmm. and one of them kills himself exactly two years after yeah. the arrest. And I was struggling the entire time also. Yeah. I mean, like, Madoff, I get, when I said Madoff got off without any, you know, like, he got off fine. I Like, he really didn't. Like, right. at the end of the day, his family disintegrated. His grandkids, if I'm not mistaken, like there's questions about the grandkids taking on the Madoff name because his kids aren't there anymore. Like the connection between the Madoffs and his kids are just like is the mom and like the mom is still like involved in their life like somewhat. Yeah. But like the mom became a social pariah. And I remember that there was a thing about the kids being annoyed with the mom because the mom kept on going to visit Bernie Madoff in prison or whatever, or like wanted to sign up. Uh, uh, they, she was looking for them for cash for his bail or like some crap like that. Right. And she also like her life uh, got screwed over. She didn't know what was going on at all. And he really everyone that he think that he cared about their lives got absolutely upended. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about Hitler. He didn't have kids. He yeah. didn't tar- There was no name anymore to tarnish. Tell that to the 65 uh, kids in Brazil that were made by his <laughs> DNA. <laughs> Good movie. With, Great. Yeah. with one of the most ridiculous performances by Laurence Olivier. <laughs> it's the crazy... That, the boys in Brazil, it does not get talked about enough as being psycho, insane sci-fi I'm surprised they haven't redone it at this point. If you've never seen The Boys from Brazil, it is a movie from, I believe, the 70s with Gregory Peck and the greatest actor of all time, (laughs) Laurence Olivier, who gives the most over-the-top performance I've ever seen as a Nazi hunter. Insane. And and it, it's about like how they Hitler they take Hitler's DNA they make a bunch of like Hitler youth uh, Hitler kids yes in in Brazil and they try to mimic the upbringing of Hitler great movie probably not true <laughs> with Gregory Peck with Atticus Finch it is playing... a documentary <laughs> as far as I'm concerned it is what actually happened in Brazil after the 40s that's why it's such gritty you know camera yeah. work it's <laughs> I've seen listen I've seen the 60 minutes footage from Vietnam and I've seen <laughs> boys of Brazil it's the same shot the same same framing the last thing I'll say is that whoever decided to cast Atticus Finch, like the greatest hero in movie history, as Dr. Mengele. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bold. Ballsy. Yeah. I would have loved to hear the manager pitching that. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, you're going to be playing. And just hear me out. <laughs> it is a it is Holocaust E. Like, oh, I'm playing a Jewish person? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. You are playing someone that has handled Jewish people. You are playing Dr. Mengele. Uh, <laughs> um, pitch. So, okay, so going back to uh, to Madoff, one son kills himself. The other son actually had cancer before all the scandal happened, and then uh, it comes back, and he dies from cancer after the fact. And I remember also that they that they would call that the Madoff gene or something like that. They would mm. call, There was a specific genetic disorder or something within their family. So Bernie Madoff like, even blamed himself for his kid dying from and- that. And it was the kids, the two sons, that turned him in. Yes. 
they apparently did not know what was going on. The wife apparently didn't. Ruth did not know what was going on. Yeah. He sits them down two days before his arrest. He tells them, and they talk to a lawyer real quick. They're irate, obviously, yeah. and they turned in their dad and don't speak to him after that. Yeah, no, it's it's like very interesting. It's so interesting that his kids immediately turned on him, literally had no idea what was going on. But at the same time, it's like, if you're them, it's an impossible situation. For the rest of their lives, I know that they both had short lives after that, but how do you come out of that? You turn your father in, your entire community hates you at this point. No one's going to believe that you didn't know. No, the big question of whether they knew or not, I don't think they knew. But if I'm someone that lost my entire life savings because of Bernie Madoff, I'm not going to like look at their kids and feel any sympathy at all. Of course. At all. And I don't think that they knew. I know the wife didn't know shit. You yeah. can tell by those 60... I know we keep on referencing the 60 Minutes interviews. She had no... She had absolutely no clue. I feel real bad for her. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like this is a character, whatever label you want to put on... Madoff psychology live sociopath whatever it is clearly he was able to charm even the closest people to him yeah he gave his kids like and his kids it was, what's interesting about his kids is that like his kids had a regular trading desk they had a regular trading floor and they would never mix the, their floor with their dad's floor and under the dad's doing the dad Bernie made sure that the kids' work never dealt with his work so that they were able to have that deniability Exactly. So, I mean, Madoff's business ran, had a bunch of different parts to it, and almost all the other parts were legitimate. Yeah. And the sons worked for a different, you know, sort of branch of Madoff's company. It was, I believe it was the 17th floor. There was the, like, really cryptic 17th floor. That was the one where all the bad shit would happen. Every bank, by the way, has a 17th floor. (laughs) I, I promise you that Goldman Sachs has a 17th floor. And, you know, Bank of America has a 17th floor. He didn't have that many co-conspirators, it seems like. About 15 people that he worked with ended up getting charged with crimes. Here's something I don't know. What came first? Him doing the Ponzi scheme or, like, Madoff Associates? Madoff Associates, meaning his company Like, his company. I mean, I don't even know if that is the name of of what his company was. Uh, What was the name of his company? Madoff Securities? Madoff Securities, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Did Madoff Security start off legit, and then over time he like figured out? So how to, that's the know. great question. When did this begin? Yeah. And it seems like, according to Madoff, it began in the early '90s. Okay. Although most authorities think that it can go back to the '80s, maybe even the '70s. He did, he did start his company in the early '60s. So there is probably some gap of time when he's just working with penny stocks and really you know bringing himself up from the very bottom yeah. where he's legit. But most likely, this thing started you know, a long time ago. And then, as we were saying before, there's a total snowball effect. Like, it, it only gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I assume. Also, when if you're doing, if he's starting to do this in the 70s, 80s, if I'm him, I'm like, this is all paper. Who's going to who's gonna go through this shit to, like, find out that like, I'm doing what I'm doing and stuff? And it's almost, he could have kept on doing that if the systems in place didn't get more and more, you know, like, hard copied and legit. And I listened to an interview with him when he was already in jail. Apparently... When he was caught, even he was surprised by how much money it was. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. That's was, that's a that's such a funny like snowball thing. Also, like he yeah. literally had no idea. He like actually spun it out of place. Yeah, he didn't know what he had exactly wrought. What if he was like, what is in there? Like, 
What I got? I, I saw I paid for my condo. Was it like ten thousand bucks? <laughs> <Yeah>. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> There's how many? Oh my god! Ez- and then he's pissed off at Ezra Merkin. He's like, Ezra, I told you not that much. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, in terms of the amount of remorse he felt, I mean, there are interviews with him afterwards. He's in therapy in jail. Good, yeah. You know, he's doing it. better help. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, he's going through it. He's like, the therapists are great here. Yeah. <laughs> My therapist told me I'm absolutely not a sociopath. It's like, yeah. well, that seems like a biased opinion. He's like, it's, you know, I, I reflected back on what I did to all those people, and I'm just... Thank God I have Athletic Greens now. I think uh, Athletic Greens have given me a, a real good life perspective. Yeah, uh, right. Yoga and Athletic Greens is how I'm getting over the remorse from this. <laughs> when you talked about the pride, that I really don't feel that so much in my family. I feel like he's very much seen as, because you know we're both Jewish, he really embodies the stereotype mm-hmm. that has been put on Jews for millennia. I you know, I have an I have an actual issue with the concept of it being like a negative stereotype. Mm. Because and I I take that back. This is my this is my like uh, hesitation with like Jews and finance stuff is that the reason Jews are in charge of finance was because early on the Christ, the the church, you know, Christianity viewed the concept of money lending and like uh, you know as unholy, unpure. So it was like forced upon Jews. Yeah, to like, Jesus himself, right, p- p- turning the table in the New Testament on the money lenders. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like so it was like forced upon us, and then it became like this massive thing. And Jews didn't want it. Like it was unholy. You know, we were like street people. Like money was like a street thing, and eventually, like money became the most important thing in the world. You know, and then it, it's funny that there are so many industries like this that the negative stereotype now, like Jews control Hollywood. It's like, yeah, we control Hollywood because. We couldn't get jobs in the East. Right. So we had to go out West to where there was a new industry popping up that was filmmaking. And that's why we were in charge of Hollywood. Bodies. Jews did not want to be doctors, but bodies were impure. And, and you know, the, the Catholicism and, and Christianity, they thought that touching bodies was something that impure, unholy people would do. And they gave it over to the Jews. So I like to think that the stereotype of Jews being penny grubbing, money lending mongers, like the stereotype, the, the depictions, the stereotypical depictions, obviously disgusting, but the concept of it, I always look at it as pride stuff. I look at it as the fact that they gave us that thing that we didn't want and then we flipped it around and it made it the most important thing in the world. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I guess the only... Not that, not an apology for him. Madoff was a bad person, No, no, of course, no, yeah. it didn't sound like that at all. But I I'm think just... the reverence I have for him yeah. is it caused so much damage and is such a the only only he could have done this thing and like even if it was a bad thing i think there is a lot of you know oh my god that is insanely that's fascinating that you know and of course like with all stories that are similar to this part of it is yeah you've got this one evil guy and who doesn't care about the repercussions of his actions but a lot of the people around him, the people who look the other, not as victims, but the people who look the other way. I mean, the SEC, all yeah. these, and, and listen, you can go oh, into yeah. arguments about how much they knew, how much they didn't know, and how much they chose not to know. The ratings agencies were getting paid for by, getting paid by the banks. Like, that's like the, you know, and there were so many other people uh, to blame for like all of this stuff. Yeah. That a lot of people didn't want to find this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would argue that there a lot of the people who looked at those return sheets that they were getting and were like, wow, we're getting so much more money back that it doesn't make sense. They didn't look into it anymore because they didn't want to look into it anymore. 
Yeah, you know? absolutely. Is there any other reason why uh, you chose Bernie Madoff? I other than maybe that you meant to say Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, uh, I liked Bernie Madoff because of his because uh, of what he did for the unions. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I like Madoff is just interesting to me. I think because what he did was so huge, and the fact that he did it to the Jewish community and and living in the Upper East New York, New Jersey after that happened, and seeing that you know I, I seeing firsthand like some of the damage that it caused mm. it was it was always like really really interesting to me and uh yeah i just always like that fact that he couldn't teach his friday class because he was arrested on a thursday i remember when my friend i remember that a friend of mine aaron marcus like messaged me on whatever 2008 or 2009's uh messaging platform was okay. the article and being like yo i think this is the guy from like because yeshiva university's name is like listed in the the article about Madoff being arrested immediately and uh i think also what I, I I view him as I was in the business school and he was on the board of trustees in the business school and I was starting to learn about the finance markets and I was starting to learn about you know being in business school while the financial collapse was happening made you learn how to short a stock you know it made you learn what these devices and stuff were like so it always felt like I was watching on TV, the real life application of the thing that I was learning in school, and it was double tied in by the fact that the biggest con man of them all in the financial collapse was a guy who was on the board of trustees where I was. Yeah, and also just to go back to him getting away with things, a Ponzi scheme itself, I mean, I have no business background whatsoever, but I think I can understand the basic idea of what it is. It's fairly simple. But what he was telling other people was essentially things that were that what he was doing was incredibly complicated. Yeah. You know, going back to like those shows, like, you know, oh, the derivatives. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And part of that was really smart because it was like, then they're like, oh yeah, I, I trust you, Bernie. Like, oh, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. The entire, Rather than listening yeah. to a lecture, you know. The entire, all the credit default swaps and like all of them were made by taking complicated pieces of financial instruments and bundling them together in a way that just made them more complicated. Like the entire system, you can make an argument that the collapse happened because it wasn't caught because no one had any idea what the fuck was going on. And then on top of that, every entity that was supposed to be in charge of checking and balancing from the checks and balances inside the FCC, the checks and balances inside the banks themselves to Standards and Poor's to Moody's, they all turned away because they thought they were like, oh, hey, someone else is going to capture this probably. Or like, right. you know, it can't be that big of a deal. Or we don't need to look into this complicated thing because there's no reason to look into this complicated thing. We're not going to beef up our staff to look into how, you know, how do these things work because there's no reason to. Someone could have caught the fact that the teaser rates for all of these mortgages were going bust. People that made money off of the housing market collapsing it wasn't like they uncovered some secret document or something. All they did was they looked at who was buying the mortgages, what the trends were of them not being able to pay off the mortgages, and seeing how much of the economy was built on the concept of these mortgages always being paid for. It was easy to uncover, and yeah. no one wanted to. No one wanted to uncover the fact that teaser rates were, were a bad thing. No one wanted to uncover the fact that you were giving mortgages out to Anybody and everybody who wanted a mortgage, I shouldn't take a mortgage. You shouldn't take a mortgage if you can't afford a mortgage. 
it, it's almost like the concept is like, oh, just give them, a, you know, the great American dream is like getting a mortgage, you know, versus getting a house. And I think that was like a big, big problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. That's my rant. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's all very much connected. It's uh, also connected. It Madoff is a great example of like a tiny little, a, a, a big example of all the small things that went wrong throughout the other financial stuff. Yeah, and that's why the timing also was so appropriate that the housing crisis happens, and it's it's rare that you know I guess during the Great Depression maybe people blamed Hoover or something like that, yeah. but to put a face on whatever this yeah. like very abstract thing that's happening is powerful. And I think it is. I guess the one thing that is unfair to him is that he is so linked to the crisis that wasn't his causing. And I don't think, once again, I don't think he made it worse. Obviously, he did not make it better. Obviously, he screwed over a lot of people. But I think that a lot, the concept of the 2008 financial crisis, if you were to ask people, I think a lot of, out of 100 people, I think a lot of them would point to Madoff and would have him as like the figurehead from that when really it was like other people. Yeah. You know? Um, so really. I'm a Madoff apologist. <laughs> no, no. He was a shitty guy. <laughs> Truly fucked over. He, he, so many... Ho- he, if you look at the the age and the community of who he took money from, it's survivors of the Holocaust. It's money that... It was German reparation money. So much German reparation money went into a hole. And a lot of that money has been recovered. I mean, there are funds to get money back for the victims, but yeah. not all of it. And I guarantee you that the people that recouped first were not the individuals who you know had five hundred thousand dollars and that was their entire life saving they weren't the ones that were recouping it was the big banks it was the people that had like the legal arm to to get you know yeah. to get it my favorite fact about me off that was that he did have an affair with like some lady at at hadassah or something <laughs> like there's there's like some very funny part of uh of the hbo movie where Robert De Niro is having an affair with uh, Miriam Miriam Eisenberg from <laughs> from the Shoah Foundation or something that I thought is the most Jewish affair of all time. Yes, a very Jewish story. Although, of course, that movie Wizard of Lies. I, uh, I don't think any uh, De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer, non-Jews yeah. playing the roles. Yeah, real bad. The movie sucked, and they didn't have Jews playing them. Uh, you could have had any Jew uh, play Madoff. I think there was another movie where Richard Dreyfuss played him. And it's like, oh, that's the role he was yeah, born to play <laughs> for freaking sure. Who should play Madoff? Who play? Who's a good young Madoff? I want to see Timothy Chalamet. Oh yeah, well the, the, the look is there, yeah, for sure. Although yeah. the hair actually is not totally off. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're due for a Jonah Hill as Madoff movie, <laughs> like a thousand percent. We're due for a Jonah Hill Madoff. I Seth think that Rogen. Would be great. Seth Rogen played Wozniak. I think Seth Rogen can play a Madoff. I guess so. Yeah, I just never think when I think of like the actor who's perfect for something, I never yeah. think of Seth Rogen. I don't think he's like perfect for roles, you know. I think that Madoff was a goofy guy. I mean, like yeah. some of the interviews, I think that Wall Street dudes from the 80s, 90s, 2000s had this like wanted to be the stand-up comic but did not become the stand-up comic. So now they're the one that cracked jokes at the big fundraiser kind of thing. And I think that was like Madoff's appeal. Any interview I've seen with him before the scandal, he's got ticks. He's like for a guy who I, I keep saying charming, but like that doesn't mean smooth. That yeah, doesn't no. mean cool. No. In fact, maybe the fact that he wasn't cool is maybe made him endearing to people. I mean Musk yeah. Not he's not cool at yeah. all. Like, but yeah, he can, he can command a room and stuff like that. Like a lot of the sharks. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. The sharks are all they all like you know they all have their ticks. Yeah, yeah. No, Thank- wait. Can I take this back? This yeah. is who should play Madoff right yeah. here. Dream casting for Madoff: Alana Hyam. Who's that? From the Hyam sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
I don't know their The one from Licorice Pizza. Oh, oh, oh. The one from Licorice Pizza. I want her to play Bernie Madoff, and I want Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid to play uh, Mrs. Madoff. That's what I want. (laughs) That's my dream casting. Uh, uh, before we go, though, uh, can you please tell me about Jew versus anti-Semitic? Uh, 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 Jewish, Jewish or anti-Semitic? Yeah, Jewish or anti-Semitic is a show that I do on TikTok. Uh, it has over 21 million views, which is baffling. It's a game show where I list stuff, and you tell me if it's Jewish or anti-Semitic. Do you want to play it? We can play like a little bit right now. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the example I always give is like obviously Christianity is anti-Semitic, but the Pope is Jewish. The Pope's Jewish. Okay. He's an old man with a yarmulke that wears sandals. <laughs> Doesn't pay taxes. Yeah. Doesn't matter Jewish which man. pope, because I don't know if oh. uh, I don't know if Pope Benedict would like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Any, uh, you know, someone, uh, some high, uh, uh, Jewish school teacher one time made a point that the nicer the pope name, the meaner they were to the Jews. Interesting. Like Pope Pius was an asshole to okay. the Jews, or like Pope, you know, uh, Pope Confidence or Pope K or hey, whatever yeah. the names of the popes were. They right. All had, but like, John Paul, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah. JP Deuce loved him. JP yeah, yeah, Deuce yeah. got a bunch of Jews out of the Holocaust. Oh yeah, no, Big. that guy's the man. Yeah, yeah, the popes had a certain. The popes post World War Two or World War Two and after right. seemed to be a little bit more on board with the with the Jews. Okay, so give yeah. me one. Okay, that, so yeah. there we go. All right, so the Joe Rogan experience, Jewish or anti-Semitic? The Joe Rogan experience. I would say that it's Jewish. It's talking for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's Jewish. To me, it's Jewish because every Shabbat dinner I've ever been to has been two grown men yelling misinformation at each other. <laughs> Just every meal is like, of course they've done environmentum. I'm Maury Lowenthal, you know? And that is the Joe Rogan experience uh, in a nutshell. Florida, Jewish or anti-Semitic? Okay. Uh, ooh, that's tough. Well, okay, just in terms of the people, depends where you are, of course. Very hot. I mean, the, the environment of it is anti-Semitic, right? Yeah. I mean, very hot. You're sweating the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's anti-Semitic. Yeah, the outside is Jewish, the inside is anti-Semitic, like mm. marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay, there are more Jews in Al Qaeda <laughs> than, than marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That is a fact. There's a documentary on Netflix about what happens if you don't have any Jewish lawyers. It's called Tiger King. <laughs> Watch that. That's uh, Florida is so anti. There's no Jews in Tampa. At That's all? true. I was recently there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get a minion in a St. Petersburg or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Forget about, you know, Lake City or whatever. No, the you're not even close. <laughs> yeah. But the outside, though, you know, we dominate the outside. Miami, uh, so, so Jewish. Yeah. Miami's a, is a Fort Jerusalem Lauderdale. South. Yeah, no, Fort absolutely. Fort Lauderdale's yeah. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Boca. Oh, Boca. Boca's so Jewish that part of it's called Hollywood. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's a closing line. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Aton, so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Right.